Hello, welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of May 24, 2010. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, healthcare marketing agency, putting on the podcast. Joined in studio today by, on my right, Adam Meyer. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like I looking at you. I'm like, what's my name? right? <laughs> That'd be me. Me That's first awesome. this time. <laughs> Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator. Uh, Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you know that my seven-year-old so daughter had that problem yesterday when I told her to stay on the right-hand side of the bike path? She said, well, what do you mean the right-hand side? I didn't think it would stump you guys. Well, you, I'm just so used to following suit here. Oh. Which is Way what? to throw us for a loop. Waiting <laughs> for you two and then me. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's true. And it should be ladies first, by the way. Yeah, really? Wait, can I say that anymore? Yeah, we're chivalrous here, aren't we? I can't say ladies first. Women first? Why can't you say ladies first? Isn't ladies not appropriate? Well, it is to me. Oh, hey, ladies! How old singer ladies? Old. <laughs> if you like it, then you better put a ring Maybe on it. not. Oh, 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 oh. Women. Oh, oh. All right. I can say ladies then. Chicks first. Chicks first. See, I, I grew up, I, I went through, I grew well, not since I grew up, all through college, like all of my female friends used the term chicks. So I got just really... <laughs> You know, accustomed to just just use to saying chicks, and I remember saying it one time, like in my first workplace work environment. <laughs> I was talking to someone, and I'm like, "There's this group of women over here," and I'm like, "Well, maybe these chicks will want to do it." And the guy's just like, "Oh, you can't." See, see now, that. it's just generational. When I was going through college, it was broads, and I assume before that it was dames. <laughs> broads, <laughs> broads is like a whole new level of college not in okay. the 40s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had econ with Frank Sinatra. Dames, <laughs> what? Dames is like James, 1900s. James. All right. <laughs> we have to stick with healthcare marketing insights. Fine. Not labels. Wenches? What was that? Like the wenches was like era? the medieval days. I think a wenches bar was. Wench? What? A bar wench? Bar wench. Bar maid? Maiden? Mm-hmm. I prefer bar wench. What's it? I prefer a bar wench too. <laughs> <laughs> We'd better move on. We're going to get ourselves in trouble. Okay. So. There's been a lot of um, discussion about a couple of stories that are related from NPR Mm -hmm. uh, that I saw hit the Twitter stream, and then I've seen them on blogs, and and it's kind of got the healthcare marketing crowd in a kerfuffle, as our friend Dan Barrero here in Twin Cities would say. What's the term? Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. There's a healthcare marketing kerfuffle. (laughs) About the story, and, and there's two stories, really. So we'll talk about them in sequence. But the first is uh, called Hospitals. Our hospital attracts patients with Dr. Speed dating. So it was a, both of these were podcasts or, you know, on air, but there's printed versions. We'll provide you links to both. But this was a program called the Doc Shop uh, that's been done at the, and this name, I don't get this name, Texas Health Harris Methodist Hospital Hearst Euless Bedford Good Lord. That's a mouthful. How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words in that name. I'll have an H. Good gravy. Texas Health could be a system name. What's the... uh, Methodist Hospital is clearly the hospital name. What's Harris? What's the acronym? (laughs) T-ha-ha-me-ha-ha-eeb. I like it. So a <laughs> Um Anyway, they have this this speed dating. We all know what speed dating is, where you, if you're single, you show up at this <clears> event and you are paired across from somebody for five minutes, 
and then you rotate. Like in the 40-year-old version. Like in the 40-year-old version. Probably <laughs> one of the best scenes in that movie. <laughs> but in this case, instead of um, a dating scene, it's physicians <clears throat> on one side and patients or consumers on the other. And it allows you to get to know different physicians without the pressure of, you know, just like speed dating. You, mm-hmm. You're forced to move on. Uh, and you can make your judgment based on kind of personality and all that kind of stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, cool. It's Don't a, you guys yeah, think that's a, a really idea. it's interesting? I would great idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not everybody thinks it's a great idea. Understandably. Right. Well, I mean, as soon as, as we've talked about this before, as soon as you <clears> expose <throat> healthcare marketing or the fact that even hospitals need to do this to the public, you get people that are like, "Let's read a comment." From Cheetah Girl 562? Uh, no, this is from Spider Girl. <laughs> Anonymous? Spider Girl. Spider Girl 24 wrote, so this is how hospitals utilize 1% of their budget instead of applying it towards indigent patients who could, I'm going to read it with her attitude, okay? It's printed. So this is how hospitals utilize 1% of their budget instead of applying it toward indigent patients who could use those doctor services. What a misplaced sense of consumer outreach and support. Disgraceful. Wow. I'm reading into that, but so, so this is how people respond because they, they can't imagine because in the story, it talks about how hospital marketing is generally no more than 1% of their overall revenue. But apparently for spider girl 24, (laughs) you shouldn't do any of this. Okay. Um, But then of course, comment section, right? We talked about this last week. You did have some reason. So ES dog (laughs) wrote, I think you're making a big assumption that is most likely false. These doctors are trying to get new patients. That means they would go to this for free in order to make more money from hopefully lifelong clients. Mm-hmm. That's how business works. <clears throat> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that mm-hmm. final line. Yes. Wake up America. Hospitals are businesses. Yeah. You yeah. know, they, they got, they have to be run like businesses. They should be allowed to be run like businesses. Yes. How expensive could running something like that really be, though? Well, that's part of what, in fact, that last response was a stream started about how expensive that was, and people were estimating, and so that response was partially to somebody saying, you know, this must have cost like $600, like that's like some outrageous amount. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. Yeah, because somebody else is saying, well, I disagree that it's $600 for an event like this, even if it, you know, for us, we're like... It's chicken feed. And if, and yeah. if that yeah, is effective yeah. in landing new patients, that's like money that's, well spent. Oh, you know, if you, if you, for 600 bucks, yeah, that's a pretty right. good investment. But to Spider Girl 24, she's probably going, $600, I could get me like a new couch and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, crappy just, couch. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so that, was the, that was the story that NPR was focused on. And then they kind of, if you listen to the podcast, the, the woman from NPR starts that story by saying, <laughs> Uh, in the wake of healthcare reform, hospitals are even competing. She emphasizes uh, it like that. Uh, like, what is that? Uh, Shocker. I found this thing in my belly button. It's like and, she's whoa. holding it by the corner. Yeah. So there's a little bit of attitude even into that. So it leads to the second story, which is the one that's got the kerfuffle is based on, which is called Tip. Hospitals try PSAs before spending on ads. And this is a Q&A with James Unland, who is the editor of the Journal of Healthcare Finance. Uh, and his position is basically this. This is what he says at the top of the show. I'm not opposed to hospitals marketing appropriately to their own service areas. My issue comes with the huge expenditures on TV and broad-based media advertising mm-hmm. that is very, very expensive. They're doing a lot of radio, a lot of billboards, and some of the billboard advertising is making claims that are questionable in my view. So 
he's basically arguing that hospitals are wasting a ton of money on mass advertising. Uh, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the response from the community, the healthcare marketing community has been like, oh, they're kind of picking on some of these other things he said, which I'll get to in a second. <clears throat> but, you know, it's, you have to do this. And his other suggestions are re- ridiculous, like use PSAs. Um, I don't know what you guys think of that. My first instinct is, yeah, there's a lot of wasted money, uh, both in not targeting your marketing, as we've talked about, not making it relevant, uh, and and you know just bad advertising. <clears throat> right, it's not effective. Right. Yeah, you guys, no. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, I don't think he's. We'll get into some things. That I think he's a little. He's smoking something, but <laughs> overall, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, it's not targeted. I mean, if you if your goal is to get to get a specific mes- message to a specific audience, you're not you're not gonna. Yeah, good luck doing that using TV. Yeah. I mean, in, in 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 this in this market. I think he's from Chicago because <clears> it <throat> says that he joins from a station in Chicago, and so he gives an example of if you're a community hospital in Chicago or the suburbs, you buy TV ads, you're. You know, you're hitting two million right, people. Right, you're hitting the city. Maybe ten percent of those would actually use your hospital. Would you know they're not going to drive by eight other hospitals to go to yours? It's too far away. Whatever. Right. Uh, so that's an example, but that's an example the, the, the of an ineffective buy. Right. But well, if you're in, in Chicago, what are you going to do? Yeah, and the and the interesting thing too is I think if if. Not necessarily the money, because I don't think you're going to, you could take your whole marketing budget and invest it in improving the services you provide and, and, you know, being that it's not a huge amount of money, it might not really make that big of a difference. But I think focus wise, take your focus from spreading your message through advertising, mass advertising, and instead of focus the energy and the, the brain power and some of the money probably on just providing a truly amazing service, something that people want to talk about. Now you're probably going to have a situation where people might actually yeah. want to drive a, a, a distance farther than they normally would because mm-hmm. you're providing something that they're not going to get elsewhere. You know, every hospital thinks that they're the the shiz, the bee's knees, yeah, and they think that they provide <laughs> you know amazing service. There's they're the, the, they're, the, they're the hidden secret, you know, the the gem the that nobody right. knows about. Yeah, um, none of them are. None, none of no hospital, very few hospitals are that. Although they all think that they are. Focus your efforts on truly becoming that, you know, and, and then you're going to have not the hidden part, not the, the gem hidden part, part. Be, being the gem. And, you know, you provide a remarkable service and people are actually going to go out of their way to come there. So an example yeah, in this market point. would be Woodwinds with maternity care. So Woodwinds is a hospital in the Twin Cities. It's in the southeast corner. So it's it's a suburb, mm-hmm. but they provide an amazing experience, uh, amazing, especially now other hospitals are <clears> catching <throat> up with the environment, the design right. of the actual rooms and all that. Right. Uh, but but they've established themselves as something that women would drive past other hospitals for mm-hmm. and will pick uh, OBs based on whether or not they can deliver at Woodwinds. The OBs knees? The OBs, <laughs> the OBs knees. <laughs> so, so yes. Good point. Mm-hmm. So he goes on to kind of give ammo to people that can discount him by saying things like, you should do PSAs. Uh, and, you know, he's like, the media always is open to running PSAs. Oh, like if you have yes, a screening. No okay, way. so in this Twin Cities, you got how many hospitals? A dozen? <laughs> 14? You think the, the local channels are going to all run PSAs about your heart screening, your cancer screening? You, your, could, you, have, you might be... St- hard pressed to find 
public access channels that are going to get that stuff into any kind of an obvious, right, visible location in their in their programming for you, right? Let alone major networks. Well, and if you do one for every hospital too, it's just gonna people are going to start not paying attention to them. Anyway, There's hundreds so. of them, yeah, in a market like this. How in a year? How in the world would you? No. And if you, even if you did, if his advice to a hospital is to do that, you're not going to stand out. So well, it's not exactly. helping you from a marketing perspective. So, so that's kind of lame. Um, this is the part that we got a little animated about. Uh, so they bring up the Vermont legislation. We've talked about that, uh, where somebody proposed banning hospital advertising. And the woman asked, you know, should they be banned or can they be? And he said, you know, I don't think they can be under freedom of speech. But I think the better argument to make to hospitals is for regulators and people to say to them, look, you have a charitable mission. Don't throw this money down the drain in expensive TV ads where you only get 30 seconds of advertising. Use your money more wisely. Charitable mission, yes. (laughs) They do have that. That helps them keep their nonprofit. Mm -hmm. But as Adam said so clearly before, they're businesses. They're not pure charities. People get confused between the nonprofit, the charity, all of that. They have to attract mm-hmm. patients and the right kinds of patients mm-hmm. to survive. Because of competition. So people don't understand that. And, you know, people complain about advertising in, in almost any industry. Why are you spending money on airplane advertising? It could lower the prices of my tickets. Well, again, we've made this argument. If they're not able to draw enough right. patients in, they're not able to support the certain kind of technology or physician or offering that those people want, and then it goes away. So advertising is supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. So I hate to have to explain that again. And then he kind of he kind of <laughs> says, you know, she asked, when did this start? And he says, well, it really started in the 80s when hospital executives started being wooed by ad agencies <clears throat> and succumbed to, frankly, the sex appeal of TV ads. That's a little simplistic, though I will say... Boy, a lot of the TV advertising is driven now is because of the sex appeal of TV ads. And I mean that like not like you're having sexy docs on in your ads, <laughs> but executives not understanding what they're really trying to accomplish, going, we need to be on TV. Right. We need to, we need to be out there. Right. When I think less else, so else is out right. there. And less of it now, I think, is sex appeal per se, as more is more of a keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. Every hospital, you know, they're doing right. it because hospital down the road is doing it. So. By sex appeal, it's like really good exposure. Right. right. And and that's sometimes ego driven. So so and he's not necessarily blaming hospital marketers or any of this. I mean, he says <clears throat> hospital executives. Right. So if you read that into leadership, and we would all agree that you know well, that's you see that time and time again. I don't yeah. think you're not gonna find a lot of marketers who are like, We need to do billboards. You're gonna find pressure from mm-hmm. those above them to, you know. You know, the other hospitals doing billboards. We need to be doing billboards. Why aren't we doing billboards? Why aren't we on right. TV? Right. Which we've talked about a lot. So I think he's yeah. he's got something there. And then finally he says, um, uh, it's not worth the money they're spending, you're saying, says Ms. Neary. Mr. Unland. Exactly. Actually, the marketing that hospitals do is just as better done to doctors because doctors are the lifeblood of hospitals. More than 90% of patients encounter hospitals by referral from a doctor. Okay, so first of all, I have no way to verify whether that's true. That seems like a lot. Uh, but we yeah. we all agree that this is channel-driven. So mm-hmm. he's he's right in general. But he's assuming that you, you isolate the hospital 
from the doctors. Right. And most hospital systems are not just a hospital, a building. They are primary care, secondary care. And you're driving people into that funnel, which means you're driving them to the doctors with a lot of this advertising. Uh, or you're giving them reason to believe in that referral because they've seen the hospital. So <clears throat> just focusing on the physicians is not enough. You certainly should. That's low-hanging fruit. And a lot of hospitals don't do near enough to grab that low-hanging fruit by building referral channels and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but but to say that it's only about that and that you're not, you shouldn't talk to consumers at all, I think is missing the boat. More and more so missing the boat. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of a little stuck in the past there. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else we'd expect from the editor of the Journal of Healthcare Finance. It's hard to listen to you. Um... I find it hard to listen to some of this NPR stuff, not because of the content, but because of the droning tone of yeah. the people. <laughs> whether it's I the like host that about NPR, whether it's the host or I mean, a lot of times the stuff just sounds almost scripted. It's almost like it, it sounds as if they're reading it off of a prompter Kinda, or yeah. off of a sheet of paper. But that helps reinforce. I mean, a lot of people think NPR is leftist, but it helps to me reinforce that this is an objective. <clears throat> source I can trust as opposed to the screaming morons and every other channel, you know, who are all passionate and have, and have opinions. Well, yeah, I'd rather have Walter Cronkite reading me the news. Cause then right. I know that it's straightforward. And <laughs> right. that's, well, even, but as you pointed out earlier, even with the droning, they can add their own inflections that show the show biases one way or another. Yes, this is true. Okay. So, wonder if people will want to comment on that or whether they're kind of done with it by now, but we thought we better weigh in on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, next topic. Five-minute frenzy. Five-minute frenzy. Nice. You don't even need me to pause, right? Because you can just cut and splice. Yeah. As long idiot. as I've got a couple seconds there to... The facial expression helps. <laughs> Last time you responded to the music not knowing he was going to insert the music there. I thought that was very prescient of you. Very, like... What do you mean? You, well, I paused, and you said something like, that's really cool music or something. Yeah, I can't remember, like, but... Yeah, I can't remember. You, you said like, something. Yeah, that that was to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was oh. pretty... It so, wow. So <laughs> one, one five-minute frenzy. Improv topic. I have nothing. Nothing on the agenda. Somebody throw something out quick. What's wrong on Twitter? That's our five-minute frenzy. Go. Look at Adam. <laughs> he's like stunned I just like blanket statement yeah what's wrong on Twitter go what's wrong with it yeah inbred in, it's, <laughs> no I mean it's like the same people talking to the same people I just don't Yay. yeah don't. yeah well it depends it depends on the circle you're I mean if you're in a if you're only following people who are you know in your profession or your line of work yeah it's just it's a, like a it's <laughs> annoying to say the least Spam. Spam, a lot of regurgitated crap, a lot of name dropping. Oh, don't get me started. (laughs) Hey, I had lunch with at Adam Meyer and at Jackie Ritaco. (laughs) Great tacos at Jackie Ritaco's taco shop. (laughs) Taco Jack. Lots of name dropping. The name dropping is is just makes me roll my eyes. Um yeah, it's and then just the, the 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 people who constantly who who like create nothing of their own. Yes. They they don't ever point you to their own content or offer their own opinions. All they right. do is echo retweet. They, re, they retweet other people's crap or they link to other people's crap. Mm-hmm. And I follow enough people through RSS to have plenty of crap to read. I don't Adam, need... those are aggregators. 
They serve an important I purpose use my in our own society. Aggregators do serve an important <laughs> purpose, but Twitter regurgitating fappers are not. Twitter regurgitating triffs. Trying to do an acronym there. Do you think it's died down at all? The whole Twitter uh, thing? Not, not yet. I think it's still at somewhat of its peak. peak. Okay. But it's 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 like 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 everything web it's just it's evolving you know it'll turn from one thing into into another you know myspace was the big thing for a while it's and that's literally almost non-existent hey, one at of this my point. favorite bands hairball an 80s cover band yeah they're good the only way to find information there's a myspace page they're not on really? facebook don't they have a facebook page too? not as far as i know it's interesting Shout out to They Hairball. put on a good show. I saw them early in their career. <laughs> I've got to see them, I think. Do they still do ba- uh, Bagafuda? Uh, the, one, the one guy puts on a, a fat suit <laughs> no. and comes out and sings uh, Hearts Barracuda, but he changes the whole thing to Bagafuda. No. It's he's, like Weird Al Yang. He's pull, kind of, and he's like pulling candy bars out of his nylons. I've not seen so. that. No, they're like deadpan now. They're, they're strictly exactly what you would expect. And the best way to describe it is they have two lead singers who interchange so they can come out in costume. And they're so good that you can tell one guy who comes out is Brett Michaels. You can tell it's Brett Michaels. And then Vince Neil comes out, and you can tell it's Vince Neil. And when you can tell the difference between those two guys, <laughs> based on mannerisms and costume, yeah, yeah. that's some good. Isn't one of them Chainsaw from Slave Raider back in the day? Chainsaw from Slave yeah. Raider. Yes. He was, <laughs> Ch- Chainsaw was his stage name, and he was in the uh, regionally popular... Maybe hair metal band called uh, Slave Raider. I don't know. Regionally popular. Yes, we might know this hairball. They're not in the Twin Cities for like six months. Wow, they're, they're all go over through like withdrawals. the Midwest. They're in Fargo and hairball withdrawal. Hairball withdrawal. You got to see them once a year. <laughs> I'll right. have to see them. That's the end. <laughs> Sorry, end of our topic. I don't know if that was. Five <laughs> I don't minutes. know what that topic <laughs> was, <laughs> but that sure. was a potpourri, <laughs> a potpourri. <laughs> all right, one last topic before we head off. My ad. Ads we love. And it's the Gatorade ad. You want to describe it? Sure. We'll provide a link, but you can describe it. I think I'm into ads right now that, be, uh, that have music in them because Action I'm music. not. Yeah. You got the music in you. <laughs> because I'm usually, I don't watch a lot of television, but those are the ones that if I'm in another room, after the hearing song, them so yeah. many times, they're catchy. And of course, now this one's stuck in my yeah, head. Yeah, you're but... seeing this one like nonstop. I think we're, yeah. seeing, we're seeing more and more of that, though. I don't think that, I think... And I, I think I'll give credit to Apple maybe for starting this trend. <laughs> with give credit for everything. With the i the whole i their their iPod. Oh, the music and those commercials. I mean, yeah. Their their iPod commercials have literally made artists. Bands. Right. I mean, like um, Jet. True. I don't think Jet would be what it is today. Who sang that one song? I love that one song. Be my girl or whatever it is. Yeah. That was Jet. No, it wasn't that one. Oh, Jet's been around forever. That song. They've been oh, around forever be now, girl. but iPods eh, have been eh, around forever eh, now. Eh, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was I knew that like from before iPod. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's the Ting Tings. Oh, come to me. Are you thinking of the Ting Tings? No, that was they That's were. I think yeah. I think the iPod commercial. I mean, all of these groups were successful in their own way, but they became like mainstream artists Possibly. big time okay. after um after the, they're being on these commercials. Mm-hmm. But I think this is another great example. So of sing it, Jackie. What is it? That's okay. <laughs> You're not going to sing it? I know the we'll whole have, thing, but I'll, I'm not going to sing it. Pull the music out. We'll maybe play it in the background during the little segment. There you go. But I think it must be an old-time song. And it basically, it's about a minute ad, I think. It's a long ad. 
and it talks about the evolution of well it shows the evolution of sports but then also shows how hydration has evolved where they used to drink water and then they drank Gatorade and now they're drinking G or G So the next step in juice. the evolution yeah. is G, right? So, so we were trying to figure out cuz the ad says 2010. So we're trying to figure out whether it's brand new or whether it's been around for a while because G was introduced at a Super Bowl. And I don't know if it was this last Super Bowl or in 2009 Super Bowl. Remember? Yeah, I do. A, a phenomenal <clears throat> teaser ad where it just showed these like black and white um, celebrities, Tiger Woods, all sports, Kevin Garnett, just in a row. It made them look like they were all together. Right. And it panned through them. And he had no idea what um. it was. And then it came out that it was... Or maybe it said G at the end, mm-hmm. but you didn't know what G was. Hmm. And then it came out to be Gatorade. And I can't remember what Super Bowl that was launched, but I think it was 2009. I think so, too. We talked about it on the podcast, too. So interesting that they have that as a follow-up. You know, that sounds yeah. to me like that's how they helped launch it, the ad that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a catchy tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's all about the music lately. It is. Well, music's I mean, a very powerful brand. Mm-hmm. It is. And builder we've, we've, and we've struggled with that a little bit with some of the work that we've done and pushing for music that's a little more edgy, but people wanting to tone it back into something that's much more hospital music, hospital oriented. Yes. And that's been a right. little frustrating. Yep. Well, like everything else in steps, yes. gradual oh. evolution. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant it's frustrating like everything else, <laughs> like everything else in healthcare no, 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 marketing. It's mean, frustrating. Like everything else, you know, there's, there's, you advance to certain places and, you can't get there overnight, so yeah. just slowly, gradually move yep. the ball forward. To use mm-hmm. your baby sport steps. metaphor, baby steps. Sometime we'll have a musical ad like this. I saw, this isn't an ad, this is a bad segue, and then we probably should wrap up, but have you seen the um, the video on you can find on YouTube, we'll provide a link, of like this spontaneous dance that happens in a train station in Antwerp? It's like kind of old, isn't it? Are yes. They, yeah, they sing Do Re Mi mm-hmm. from Sound of Music. I've, I've seen, seen that one. Yeah. Is it like a flash mob type of thing or what is it? It's a flash mob type okay. of thing. And it, it's somebody's cool. got this video of this big open square inside a train station. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear like the now leaving for blah, 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 blah. You hear that huge. And then the start of the song comes on, which is what's her name? Who was in that? Julie famous. Andrews. Julie Andrews kind of saying. She's not singing quite, but she's talking about Do Re Mi, and then it goes into the song. Oh, okay. And somebody in the middle of the square just takes off their jacket and starts dancing, and then people join them, and it's just amazing. If you ever, this is the way I describe it, if you ever like look at politics, like we did in Minnesota here, and I want to like fire every politician that works at the state <laughs> level, you get frustrated by that. If you get frustrated by your job, you get frustrated by anything, just watch that video, and it reinforces, like, you know, we'll be okay. Humanity's okay. There's <laughs> so much dance. pure joy in it. Yeah, that's it all cool. it is. It's pure joy. And the people watching are first stunned, and then they get into it. And there's been a lot of those videos circulating the web lately. There's another train station one where rather than dancing, people just freeze. So you've got like this crowded train station, and all of a sudden, a bunch of people are that just would frozen, freak me out. frozen in place. Like literally, hundreds of people in this giant mm-hmm. room are just literally like not moving. That's like, a total they, scene they from stopped, Fringe. Have you ever yeah, seen stopped Fringe? in the middle of yeah, stopped yeah. in the middle of just walking or looking at their watch or doing something. That would bring me joy. That would make me go, "What the hell, alien well, that one invasion?" There's another one disease. from some like the um, <laughs> the New York. I think it's the New York City Library. There's like some 
I saw this one yesterday, actually. This was more of an improv thing than a flash mob. But first, these people came into the library wearing sheets over their heads. They look like ghosts because yeah. this is where Ghostbusters was filmed oh. and seen at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And then the four guys come in. So, so these random people with these sheets on their heads are sitting at the desks throughout the library and people are just kind of looking at them like, what the hell? <laughs> and then all of a sudden the four Ghostbuster looking dudes come walking into the back and start, and the music kicks in. It's the Ghostbusters music and chasing them all around the library and then they go running out. And you guys don't watch Glee, right? Uh, I've seen I, it. Yeah, I watch right. it. I, don't, I would say that it's on once in a while while I'm doing other things. Well, so. they, they did a takeoff on this Antwerp train station thing. Oh, did they? In, in the episode from Tuesday. And it was... You got goose pimples just watching it because it's a guy in a wheelchair who's been in the wheelchair the whole show, and he has a dream sequence where he gets out and he dances the safety dance, and he's in a mall, and so he kind of starts dancing. People join him, and then they kind of cut to the like Blair Witch, like people shooting it like it's real, and it's then you can tell that they're playing off this kind of Antwerp thing. It's phenomenal. So if you can find that clip on, mm-hmm. like I saw Hulu the Madonna episode. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's, that's that's all I can remember. Yeah, the, the episode a couple weeks ago was great. They had Run, Joey, Run. They, they like, played all these campy songs. You know, you know Run, Joey, Run? Run, Joey, Run, Joey. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's not ringing a bell. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it's probably it's like 70s, so. All right, well, we better end there before I sing again. <laughs> yeah. So for Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Sean Cassidy. Jackie Rattaco. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Meyer. I was trying to Do you know who name. Sean Cassidy is? And the Sundance Kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, good. that's Butch you Cassidy. That's Butch Cassidy. <laughs> you don't know who Sean Cassidy is? All right, it's your assignment oh. for next week to find out. What? Okay. You know? <laughs> Part of a band. You know, the he, Sunshine was a pop, band? He, was the, he was a Hardy Boy in the 70s. Oh. Hardy Boys TV series, and then he had his own little pop career. He's kind of like the 70s Justin Bieber. <laughs> and his big hit was a remake That's why of I Do know Run, about Run, 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 Do Run, Run. <laughs> anyway. All right. See you Maybe next who? week. Yeah. Bye.